Hello, everybody. It's time for another Lucas and Redders AFL podcast. The great one is here, journalist and sports broadcaster, Lucas James Holmes. G'day, Louis. Uh, evening, David. Evening, ladies and gentlemen. Another hectic but good week of Australian rules football, both on the field and off the field too, David. Plenty of contract extension and a few great games of football, which we previewed last weekend. We did. Straight into the results from last week. So the, th- the story is going to be tonight, uh, results then some news, and then we'll go to a preview. And the last thing, as always, will be the ESPN Brownlow Medal Calculator. Um, Lucas and I both tipped this, not by the margin, I don't think, but we did tip Brisbane would win. Thursday night footy, Brisbane 16-12. The Western Bulldogs 9-13. Good performance by Brisbane. Then on Friday, uh, good performance by St Kilda. Uh, Carlton will be disappointed. More scoring shots. It's Carlton 10-18, St Kilda 49, St Kilda up by 15 points. As Lucas says, there were actually some terrific games of football. Big win for Essendon and a big loss for Sydney. Essendon 15-5, superb shooting. Sydney 12-14 at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. As predicted on this, uh, on, on our particular podcast, about 30 points. We were tipping 25, 30 points. Melbourne 14-10 without both Luke Jackson and Max Gorn. Luke Jackson on a late omission there. Adelaide 10-5 and Adelaide looking to next year. North Melbourne, who we'll talk about briefly, absolutely belted by Geelong by 112 points, 21-18 to 5-2, and they have got some issues, North Melbourne. I I don't need to harp on this. And I know that Lucas will be very proud with this result. Collingwood 9-13 over the Gold Coast, 8-14, a five-point win to Collingwood. We'll come straight back to that as game one of our, uh, our talks. West Coast, again, putting up a, a moderate, decent performance as, as you'd expect of a, a reasonable football side. Richmond, 20 goals, eight. And West Coast, the same amount of scoring shots, 13-15. Richmond, a good win there by 35 points. Very proud of my boys, GWS, in the slop at Sydney Olympic Park in the worst of the East Coast storm cell. Great shooting, 11-6, and they were, they were behind early. Hawthorne, 7-8, a very good performance. And then an outstanding finish by Port Adelaide to an excellent game at Optus. Fremantle showing that they're just, just good enough at times. Fremantle 15-9, Port Adelaide 14-7, a great game of footy. Lucas, I know you would have watched this. Let's go first to Collingwood in the Gold Coast. Terrific game of football. No other way of putting around it. And Collingwood on a, on a flyer at the moment. I think that's six, isn't it, in a row? Uh, yes, going for seven in a row against North Melbourne. Hopefully this weekend, David, we'll see how, how that comes about when we review, when we preview it in a couple of minutes' time. But it was it was a great display from both sides, really, and it was a really good uh, good sort of news and build up to this game too from a Gold Coast perspective. David Huago Paul Oaya, um is a PNG product. He's the first yep. uh, AFL debutant from a, from their PNG development program, so that was great to see. And speaking of resilience, David uh, James Sitsas. He made a debut as well. He's had a couple of stints in the VFL, both with Geelong, North Ballarat. Uh, had signed to play with Williamston in the VFL uh, last season, David, before it got cancelled, and then went to Woodville West Torrens. So he's played upwards of 100 VFL games, David, and made his AFL debut on the weekend as well. So some good news uh, there for the Gold Coast. And they backed it up on the field, David. It was a great game. Uh, as we spoke about, the weather could have an impact. It didn't really. It didn't rain at all, David. But it was quite a sloppy night in 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 front of in front of goals, David. Gold Coast eight goals, fourteen. Collingwood nine goals, thirteen. Um, Josh Dacos arguably had his best game of his career. He had three goals um, from nineteen disposals, David. His brother Nick, um, t- outstanding, David. Thirty-seven disposals, two tackles, and three clearances. 
and took Miller keeps rolling on David, 31 disposals, 10 tackles and 10 clearances. And that was Isaac Rankin doing the damage in front of goals, David, for Gold Coast. He had four, but there's some sound news on the uh, injury front from both sides there, David. Um, Connor Butterick looks like it was just confirmed that he's ruptured another ACL, so he'll be out for the best part of the year. Uh, uh, Ainsworth went down with an ankle injury in the same contest that Darcy Moore um, went down with and looked like he had injured his knee. David, I'll come back to that in a minute too. And uh, key defender, Oleg Markov, will miss this game against his odd side, Richmond, um, going into health and safety protocols. But to Darcy Moore, very quickly, David, we know how uh, trouble, troubled his start of his career was, career was with some soft tissue injuries. He ended very awkwardly uh, from a marking contest late in that win, David, and looked like he'd done some decent damage to his knee. But luckily for all Collingwood supporters, David, the former All-Australian centre-half back was cleared, any, cleared of any structural damage. And Craig McRae came out today and said he might he's a sneaky chance of playing North Melbourne, David. And I'm 99.9% sure that he won't. They, they probably will, re will rest him with Jeremy Howe coming back into the side. Very good, Lucas. An excellent review there. And uh, again, Gold Coast are a pretty decent football side. Collingwood, uh, uh, you know what they do? They keep finding a way to win. Brisbane, good win over Western Bulldogs. St Kilda, a bit of a surprise over Carlton. And Carlton's got some tough games coming, as you'll hear about. Essendon, an excellent performance. The package actually producing for Essendon. Peter Wright's been a real fine for them from a bloke that was pilloried for a long time. He's actually become a pretty reasonable footballer for Essendon. Um, and a long line of big, tall forwards that Essendon have had going back well before Lucas was born. When I was a young bloke watching Essendon, when they really did have some great footballers. Uh, Melbourne standard. Lucas, quick look at North Melbourne. Can you? Uh, there's no way that David Noble will coach that football side next year. The question I have for you is in a serious discussion. Um, you're a serious, you love your football, you're a serious football person and you broadcast on it. Would you think that anyone will want to go and coach North Melbourne? I don't think I don't think any established name will at the moment, David. We see David Noble, who he worked long and he worked hard uh, for his chance at North Melbourne, David, and they've only they looks like they only give him the best part of a season. He was under he worked in Brisbane for a long time, I, th I believe, too. He worked under Alistair Clarkson at Hawthorne for a short short period of time as well. So to be to to be toiling long and hard for his chance at senior football is only one of eighteen AFL senior coaches, David, and to be given only a year. I know they've struggled on the field. North Melbourne has had some key injuries to Ben Cunnington, as I spoke about last week. One of the best contested play, ball players in the competition, slowly working his way back from testicular cancer. But I digress. But to be given that that short of a leash there by the leadership at North Melbourne for a, such a, a, a football person as David Noble is, I don't think um, any established coach or will be wanting to have a look at, at Arden Street there in the short term. A very good point. It's as simple as that. They won't. An established coach, that's too big a build. It'll have to be someone young, much younger and, and someone prepared to be patient. I, I I don't know whether people like Scott Burns are still available and whether some of the able assistants around the place may be interested, but it's a big ask. They just, they just don't cut the mustard. They just don't. And it's sad. It really is, particularly for someone who I think is a very good footballer and Todd Goldstein. I reckon Todd's got, Todd Goldstein will be on the lookout. There are clubs around, in particular my club, who are desperate for a really good ruckman. And Todd Goldstein still got something left. You wonder whether he would actually go and say, no, nah, I've had enough. 
I've I've given a lot to this footy club. You're not showing me anything, and I might go might go and chase some finals in the rest of my career. It is an interesting point. From Anil, very good over Port Adelaide, although Port Adelaide did come back very hard. I think Port Adelaide, the start of Port Adelaide season will cost them dearly. And Lucas, um, let's go to the ladder briefly before we go on and talk talk stuff. I was going to say another word there, but I kept out of that one. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, I'm on Labrador Watch at the moment. I can't see one yet at uh, the at the Lake Macquarie household of Lucas James, but I'm waiting are, for I'm waiting for one to rock there, there are none at home at the moment, Dave. They're away oh, at the moment. They're away. The puppies are always wondering why there was so, a Labrador so in the background. So the cat's got free run in the house and she's loving it. Oh, um, God, cats. Okay, <laughs> the eight. If we were to have finals this week, everybody, we'd have a lot of games in Melbourne. In fact, un unbelievably... All four finals would be in Melbourne, which would mean that one of them would have to be at Docklands. And interestingly, I'd like to see who that'll be, probably Carlton and Sydney, because there's no way the other two would play. It'd be Melbourne and Fremantle, possibly on a Thursday night. Then Geelong and Brisbane, would, they're the top four, they're qualifiers. And fascinatingly, the bottom four, as the cat decides to make an appearance, is Carlton and Sydney and Collingwood and Richmond. There's no way Collingwood and Richmond would not be at the MCG. So I'm amazed. I'd imagine they'd go Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday day, Saturday night, and have one of those games, possibly Carlton, Sydney, Saturday afternoon, with a twilight fixture. Collingwood and Richmond at the MCG would be mouthwatering. Uh, but that's the way the eight looks. Melbourne, Geelong, Brisbane, Freo, Carlton, Collingwood, Richmond, and Sydney. And issues, interestingly, Collingwood, who have won six in a row, if they happen to stumble, they could be outside the eight despite having won six in a row. It's amazing. Yeah, and, they, and they do have quite a tough run home, David. I'll just get the... Um, the Can we go and have a look at that? It's our podcast. Go and have a look. I will. I'll just go to the rest of the fixture very quickly. I know I just discussed it then. They do have North Melbourne uh, Win. this weekend, David, but it's a very tough run home after that. Let's go through there, North very, Melbourne. North Melbourne win and percentage, which is going to be important. Yeah, Adelaide away. Collingwood. And then it's a very tough last couple of rounds, David. Essendon. Collingwood. Essendon away. Sorry, Essendon at home. Not like that matters. Uh, Port Adelaide home. But the, these, la these last three games, David. Melbourne away. Not like that matters too much. Uh, Sydney away Sunday afternoon. And that floating fixture still for round 23. Uh, Carlton which could be a very pivotal round 23 matchup. Melbourne, Sydney, Carlton. Wow. Yeah. Look, they could conceivably win five of those seven, to be honest with you. Melbourne's a big ask. Sydney at Sydney, the way Sydney are playing is even money. If yeah. that game's at the SCG, it won't hurt Collingwood. I don't think they'll play at the Stadium Australia, although they'd get a huge crowd they, if they did. Well, they, they haven't for years, David. And the times they... Well, they only played a few games at Stadium Australia, David, and the games they did move there were, were games against bigger Victorian sides. I remember they're going to a few games there, one in particular, a, a elimination final a few years ago where Lewis Cheddar had that famous run down I uh, one of there. the wins there at Stadium Australia. There were a very, I was in Nosebleed. It was a big crowd, 63, 68,000, something like that. Um, but getting back to, to, to pure football, that's the, now the top so teams. I reckon there's only 10 teams that can make the top eight. Okay. The Bulldogs are on 32. So they're a game behind, but their percentage is good. And St Kilda are level with Sydney and they've got 108%. I'm of a mind that the top eight might be set, but it's tight. They're the only eight. 
forget Gold Coast, Port, GWS, Adelaide, Hawthorne, Essendon, West Coast and North. They're gone. But the others, um, it'll be very interesting. And Lucas and I, later on in our podcast, will do a predictor go in the last three games and try and get you who we think the first week of the finals will be. But as I said, if the finals were played this weekend, it'd be Melbourne and Frio on Thursday night. Because remember, in the first week of the finals, they're coming off a, a bye. It'd be Melbourne against Fremantle at the MCG, Geelong against Brisbane. And I don't think they'd play that at GMHBO. I think they'd play that at the MCG on a Friday night, given Brisbane's Fitzroy um, fan base. Carlton and Sydney would probably be the lone solitary day game at Docklands, maybe a 1.15 start. And then a 4.45 start, possibly Collingwood and Richmond twilight at the MCG in the finals. That joint would be rocking. And, uh, and, and unfortunately, Lucas Hose wouldn't be able to go because he'll be broadcasting. But that's how it looks at the moment, Louis. Yeah, and as you, I'm not sure if you mentioned that there, David, but Mel, that Melbourne and Fremantle game would be on the Thursday night because if Melbourne were victorious and that's being the minor say. premier at this moment, they'd get the longest rest. That, that I did mention yep. that. It would be Melbourne, Freo Thursday, Geelong, yep. Brisbane Friday, and the, and the sides five to eight would play Saturday footy. Okay, uh, time for a conversation and we'll go off there. I've got the draw coming up. So one huge game this weekend. Lucas, just some uh, tidbits from AFL News. If I could go last just to talk about the 16s and some father-sons coming through the list. Over to you yep. for a few quick pointers. This is Lucas's brief brief points, everybody. There are a few things going on, uh, David. We didn't touch on, on the review there, but Eric Kipwood, um, from that gap, from that big Brisbane win on uh, on Friday night, excuse me, Thursday night, got sent directly to the tribunal. Uh, actually shoved uh, his opponent into the path of an umpire, and they had a collision. Uh, that with that case being sent uh, directly to the tribunal, Hipwood ultimately uh, got off David with a, uh, I think it was a twenty five hundred dollar fine in the end. Uh, yep. Yeah, twenty twenty five hundred dollar fine. Hipwood found guilty of careless contact with an umpire. So, and the, it was a careless, but it, the contact wasn't high to Gardner. So uh, that's why it was downgraded to a, a fairly substantial fine. But, and Hipwood too, not having uh, served a suspension at all during his AFL career. So I'm one of those key forwards for Brisbane. I'll be around this week too, David. So, and as we spoke earlier, Brisbane have those really big key forward stocks. You've got Danaher, you've got Hipwood, and you've got Daniel, Dan McStay for at least the remainder of this season as well. So... Those uh, tall forwards are looking to capitalise on that great delivery from uh, Brisbane's really, really polished midfield in, in terms of McCluggage and Neil and the like. Uh, before McStay ends up at Victoria Park, you mean? Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes, correct. Uh, yeah, Max Gorn and uh, Luke Jackson both picked this week. I reckon that's a ruse. I cannot believe that Max Gorn can rehabilitate a syndesmosis in four weeks, Lucas. I think that I think Jackson's a real chance. I reckon that's a crocker, you know what? I do yeah. not think Max. Why would they risk the best ruckman in the league? Yeah, it's a big game too, David. One v two on Thursday night. So uh, Jackson was a laid out last week, David. They put Wiedemann in um, to cover him as well. At some stage, Wiedemann, a key forward. Uh, by trade, it can play a little bit of ruck as well as more of a forward ruck than a ruck forward. So they've named Jackson and Gorn. Those, those teams came in the last couple of minutes. And, just, and for Geelong, David, one of the, for me, I'll finish in the top four or five of the rising star, Sam Deconing, comes in. So too, Joel Selwood. So some big ins there for Geelong. Out go Quinton Arkle, uh, Sean Higgins and uh, Jake Collard-Jasney. But 
I'm surprised I got that in one take. That's good. But in, in for Melbourne at this stage, at least, is Luke Jackson and Max Gorn. Uh, the under, NAB AFL Under-16 Championships have been played uh, at the moment at Metricon Stadium in Carrara. You might think that that's a little bit presumptuous of me. However, listen to some of the father-son names that are playing and are playing well. Here we go. Uh, L- Levi Ashcroft, who is the son of uh, Marcus Ashcroft and the younger brother of the XG's potential number one pick, Will, uh, collected 24 disposals for Vic Metro. So a great performance there from him. The next name, Tyler Welsh, the son of former Adelaide Doggies and North Melbourne forward Scott Welsh, who can only go to the Crows as father-son. Um, 16 disposals and 15 disposals and fi- um, six marks as a key forward. Here's one that Carlton will be licking their lips at, lips at twins, Lucas and Ben Camporiali playing for South Australia. Uh, they're the sons of Scott Camporiali who played for both Carlton and Eston. However, he's only eligible for eligible for Carlton, had, had some big games to South Australia. And also the son of Brett Montgomery, Louis Montgomery. Um, he was a former, he, Brett Montgomery distinguished himself playing for the Dogs and Port. I don't think he'd be able to be eligible for Port, but he would for the Port Adelaide also playing well. Further on down, there are more. That, Darren Creswell's son, Joshua Creswell, interestingly playing for the Giants Academy, which I found fascinating as to how that's happened because he wouldn't be eligible to be picked father-son by the Giants. He'd have to go uh, to Sydney. And, of course, Darren Creswell was a very, very good, solid player, typical Bloods player. So a lot of very famous names there, Louis. There sure is, David. Looking forward to that. Ashcroft, as you said there, the older brother, looks like he's a certainty at this stage to go number one in the draft. So... We'll roll into some draft later in the season. That's I'm quite interested in that. Cal Toomey does an outstanding job by AFL.com and all their social on websites. So he's one to keep an eye on for all those interested in in that sort of a sport. And there's another big story, David. It actually just dropped after we uh, stopped recording last week. David Clayton Oliver, uh, star, probably in the box seat at the moment for me in the Brownlow, uh, extended his contract with the Melbourne Football Club. It's tipped to be worth around $7 million, David, till the end of 2030. So... Uh, Melbourne lock one of their guns away on a long-term deal that keeps him at Olympic Park there for a long period of time. I think there's two people keep putting pressure on him and perhaps uh, one of his own clubmates is putting a bit of pressure on him at the moment in the Brownlow. I think it's down to four or five. Okay, on to the seven. That we'll do Brownlow predictors last as always, everybody. What around this is, there are some superb games of football. Thursday night football, if you don't mind, at GMHBA Stadium, Cadinia Park in Geelong, Geelong and Melbourne, 1v2. What a game. Even money in the betting. Would it be an absolute rip snorter tomorrow night? Friday night football there, CG, a massive test for both of these clubs. And if the Bulldogs want to keep parity with the eight, they have to win. Sydney hosting the Western Bulldogs. Friday night footy at the what will be a slippery old SCG, although the drainage at the SCG is Lucas will attest to you, and, and I can attest to you, having been there for footy cricket many times, is superb. Early Saturday, Collingwood hosting North Melbourne and Collingwood will be looking to blitz them and get their percentage moving in an upward direction. The Gold Coast host Richmond in the twilight game at Carrara. What a game that'll be. That's a massive test for Richmond. St Kilda hosts Fremantle. Big test for Freo at Marvel, where they don't play very often and don't play very good footy. St Kilda coming off a big win over Carlton and the betting lines are even. The other Saturday night game is a big test for my Giants, Port Adelaide and the Giants at the magnificent Adelaide Oval. Sunday, early, Brisbane and Essendon at the Wollongabba. Afternoon slot, Hawthorne hosting Adelaide. And the final fixture is the West Coast Eagles hosting Carlton at Optus Stadium. 
Focus, Lucas, first of all, Thursday night footy, what a game this is. And I need your tips for all games. First of all, a uh, little bit of a preview for you, what do you think about Geelong and Melbourne? Yeah, both big games, David, Thursday and Friday. But firstly, the Thursday night, 1v2 on the ladder, David. And I think for me, this squarely comes down to where the game is being played. I, um, I turned and turned this game into my head in the lead up to our podcast, David. I think I'm just going to lean Ge- Geelong, David, being at GMHBA down there at Canadian Park. They're almost unstoppable. There. We saw Fremantle earlier in the year cause an upset, but it was arguably Jeremy Cameron's game of his career on the weekend. David just gone. He was at 30 disposals and four goals. Tom Hawkins kicked six, and that, yes, it's North Melbourne, but still for, for, a, for a high half forward that Cameron is, he's almost he's really that mobile key forward. He plays there for John to have 30 disposals and four goals is absurd for me. Um, we spoke about Gorn there, David. If he does indeed come in, Jackson looks like he's a lock to play, so he'll have to ruck forward. They may, if Gorn plays, he may rest forward like he did in the back end of that Queen's birthday clash a number of weeks ago there, David. But for me, Geelong at home, but it's it's really it's a really game of the year candidate. So I'll go Geelong, David, by, by 10 points. Melbourne by eight for me. I just think that they are uh, I think they're, they're, they've had their lull and I reckon they're ready for back-to-back. I, I still don't think that Max Gorn will play. If he does, I'll be very surprised. So we're, we differ on that one. Over to Sydney and the Western Bulldogs, SCG, 7.50 Friday night. And hopefully the Sydney the Sydney siders turn up in droves. They do, Your David. It's gonna, yes, sorry, David. It's going to be an interesting one too. Uh, Tim English for the Western Bulldogs first, who's been out the last few weeks. He's been suffering from delayed concussion. So that's why we haven't seen Tim English. Uh, Stefan Martin's been a bit week to week as well. So Jordan Sweet has done a fair bit of the rucking uh, during that time, David. It'd be interesting to see what the Western Bulldogs do for, for Lance Franklin. We all know that Alex Keith is more a key defender. He likes to stay sort of in the defensive 50, although he can occasions roam forward. So it'd be interesting to see what the Bulldogs do there to Franklin. But as we've spoken about, Sydney have got a number of options through the midfield there. You've also got Logan McDonald, uh, Josh Kennedy, who suffered a hamstring injury in the last sort of month, month and a half. Looks like he's uh, nearing his return as well. And the Western Bulldogs have had a few uh, players come back from personal leave. Mitch, uh, Mitch Wallace and Lockie Hunter have played in the last couple of weeks. So it's good to see some of their premiership players return. Uh, all saying that, David, Sydney at home on a Friday night, I'll tip them and... With Sydney sort of being in the in the bottom half of the eight, if the Western Bulldogs drop this by any significant margin, and the and the teams above don't stumble in the last few rounds, could spell trouble for another finals campaign. In saying that, Sydney at home for me, David, uh, two and a half to three goals. Sydney by fifteen points. Western Bulldogs are just too inconsistent. I like Franklin playing as that high, what you call high half forward, even on a wing at the SCG because his field kicking is absolutely superb. And I think that that's what they'll do to expose them. Sydney by 15. Collingwood will beat North Melbourne at the MCG. It's just a matter of how far. The way North Melbourne are playing, if Collingwood get a sniff and the weather's okay, they could win by 70 or 80. And they trust me, with the way the ladder is, I think that anyone playing North Melbourne is now seriously thinking two or three percentage points. Yeah, and Collingwood, Collingwood do need it there, David. It's between that sort of one, 105 to 110 mark at the moment as we sit. So Collingwood of those teams, and they sort of have the have the lower percentage, and they'll have to do it, David. So we spoke about I spoke about Darcy Moore. I, I'm almost certain, even though Craig McCray says he's a sneaky chance, I'm certain they'll rest him. Yes, Nick Lark is a is a decent key forward for North Melbourne, David. But you've got Howe back there, 
Uh, Charlie Dean could have played, David, if more was ruled out. But unfortunately for him, one of their prized uh, draft picks coming into this season injured his ankle once again as a recurrent from a foot injury that he that, that he had earlier in the season. So Charlie Dean almost missed uh, the rest of the season, David, for Collingwood. So they're still trying to plug that hole of Jordan Roughhead's retirement uh, mid-season. But Collingwood, for me, David, hopefully for a big boost, uh, percentage boostage, probably about that 10 to 12 goal mark will do some of that for them. Especially if they keep North Melbourne, North Melbourne to a low score. Gold Coast and Richmond, they're even money on the betting. I think that's a little bit skew-if. Uh, the Gold Coast aren't a bad side. I think Richmond are better than them, even though this game's at Carrara. Richmond played a lot of games in the last couple of years, as you would well know, in southeast Queensland. And particularly, they, they were one of the sides that spent a lot of time at Carrara. I think Richmond will win by 15 points. The weather could be greasy and slippery. Um, but that being said, I think Richmond, although Dustin Martin's wounded at the moment, Richmond by 15 points for me. Yeah, that could that could uh, help their surge mentality, which we've seen in their premiership run the last couple of years for Richmond. No Martin David, you said their hamstring injury. Nick Floston's out. He uh, they accepted a, bit, a week or two ban for him for striking. So no, so so no Nick Floston for Gold Coast. They've got a few injury concerns of their own. I spoke about Butterick. I spoke about Ainsworth. And also Oleg Markov, he won't play against his old side. He's entered health and safety protocols. And on the back of um, Stuart Jew uh, this afternoon signing a new two-year extension to stay on the Gold Coast, which is a good sign for him because these last couple of seasons, we were really sort of penciling in potentially Alistair Clarkson takeover. That won't be happening in the short term. But in saying that, David Richmond, even though they're away from home, you said how much they've played Metricon the last couple of years. I'm still going to tip them, David. No Martin, no, Vlo- no Vloston. Uh, it's not going to be a night for key forwards for Tom Lynch. I still think Brevold will play an important role. Uh, Richmond, for me, David, four goals. St Kilda and Freo play in a really intriguing game at Docklands, where St Kilda play very well. They're both at dollar ninety-two on sports bet. These are the games that, look, St Kilda can't afford to lose anymore. They've got a big win last week over Carlton. Uh, Fremantle haven't... that they. <laughs> They're a hard time to pick, especially away from home. There's talk in the news about where and how they're going to use Nathaniel Fife. It's a big call. I think from Adel will win by two goals. I just, I've got a high opinion of them, and I do think they're going to finish top four and get a final in Perth, which I don't think they'll lose. So from Adel for me, just. Yeah, I've got, I'll have, I've got a smooth transition for you, David. I'll, I'll uh, say that till after this, but it's been interesting to see how they go. Rory Lobb. Uh, showed on the weekend how damaging he can be as a ruck forward or vice versa. If you like him that way, he kicked four goals. Sorry, not four, five goals, a correction, excuse me. That game had six multiple goal kickers. But I spoke about T- Matt Tabern last week, David, and if he can stay on the field for a, a successive games, it looks like he may or may not. He's, he injured his hamstring in that game, David. He's listed as a test there in that fascinating win tied against Port Adelaide late uh, Sunday afternoon last week. So... Be interested to see how Fremantle go. I'll tip them as well. St Kilda, a couple of injury concerns of their own. Dougal Howard went down with a knee injury. David, just to name a few. So a key a key defender there down uh, for St Kilda. Uh, Tim Membry kicked four goals for them. Jack Sinclair, for me, is almost an all-Australian lock. He had 37 disposals. He's a defender, so 11 marks a tackle and two clearances for them. But St Kilda, yes, under the roof at Marvel. Fremantle upset. Essendon there earlier in the year, David. I'll also tip Fremantle by about that one to two goal margin. My Giants, after a pretty solid win over Hawthorne, make the arduous task, go to head to Adelaide for the arduous task of trying to top board Adelaide. Um, 
Port Adelaide clearly favoured here. I give the Giants a chance. I think the Giants are playing reasonable footy at the moment. Port Adelaide are a middle of the roadside, which is sad after their great year last year. Um, and I think that Ken Hinckley may be on the move at the end of the season, but not to North Melbourne. Uh, look, I think that Port Adelaide are entitled to be favourites, given that where it is. They came home like a wet sail against Frio in Perth, and that's probably not bad form. Um, but, however, I'm going to tip the Giants by two goals. Generally, I actually think the Giants can do them over there. They're not afraid of playing at the Adelaide Oval, the Giants. Over to you. They've been on the up and up, haven't haven't they, the last few weeks of Giants. Uh, Stephen Kinnealio has been been superb. He's sort of finding that form how he was touted in the last couple of years. David was rewarded at that stage with a, mo- with a monster extension. Josh Kelly, he was superb as well. So too, Tim Taranto. And last week, David Callum-Brown was a lady in and kicked four goals for them. So shows his importance in those wet, greasy conditions there at Giant Stadium at Olympic Park. And for Port Adelaide, David, what a game. They came, they kicked five goals to one in that last quarter. Freo led by 40 points uh, l- late in the third. They'll be without Jones as well. He did a hamstring. He'll be up for the next for the next two to three rounds. Um as well, so that's a that's a downer for them in their back line. But they've got wines, obviously the former Brownlow medalist. He had thirty nine last week, as well. So they've got some form there. Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide at home. We know how well they play there and how big advantage is for them. That being the case, David, I still stick with Port Adelaide. Although the Giants, as you said, I don't, I wouldn't think it would be an upset. I think it's just going to be a tight game where both of those sides are situated on the ladder. So Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide for me, David, but with no real confidence. Port Adelaide for me, two and a half goals. Fair enough. Brisbane and Essendon, the Gabba, 10 past one on Sunday. Brisbane comfortably for me. Essendon, a good win last week over Sydney. They won't beat Brisbane up there. Brisbane by 24. Uh, yes, they'll just they'll just keep rolling on, David. I spoke about Hipwood earlier on. He'll be back. He's, he's, he'll remain in the side. Excuse me, David. Neil's been superb as he has the last couple of... Last couple of years now at Brisbane, uh, McStay, we've spoken about him at, at some stages through the year as well. Will this be his last year at the Gabba? We're thinking so. Harris Andrews behind the football, McCluggage. They've just got some, they've got some doers, David. They've got some role players, and they'll be too strong for Essendon, who argue, arguably played their best game of the season last week in that tight win over Sydney. Massimo D'Ambrosio, the mid-season draft pick, David from the Western Jets. He won last, uh, last round's Rising Star nominee. So you'd think he'll maintain his place in the side. We spoke about Dylan Shield. He's found it, he's found some career best form the last couple of weeks, David. But I just don't think the Bombers will be able to string it together. Brisbane for me, four to five goals. So we're agreed on that one. Hawthorne at Adelaide's actually an interesting game because neither of them have been in great form. Oh, but this one's at Docklands. Uh, I because of because it's in Melbourne, Adelaide have tapered off a bit. Um, and I think Hawthorne will win by three goals with no great confidence, but purely because it's in Melbourne. Yeah, Josh Rochelle's under an injury cloud, David. He injured his hip the last couple of weeks, so he'll be missing one of Adelaide's better young players in the first half of the season. He'd almost be, have won the Rising Star, David, but he'll finish top five or six there. Um, I spoke about Mitch Lewis, his contract extension last week. Tom Mitchell's been in the news the last year or so in, in terms of trade and where he could end up. So it'd be interesting there, but Lewis... Um, I've spoken about James Sicily at length as well. Hawthorne at home, although it's at Marvel, I don't think that'll make too much of a difference, David. The tight game, nonetheless. Hawthorne for me by about three goals. And the final game is the West Coast Eagles back over at home at Optus Stadium in Perth playing Carlton. Uh, this game at 4.40pm Eastern Standard Time on Sunday afternoon. Eagles are not without a sniff. The betting line says that they've got an outside chance. 
Uh, Carlton will be would have been disappointed to have been beaten by St Kilda. It's a bit of a danger game for them. They cannot afford to lose games like this. I actually think they'll win, but by about three goals only. I think it could be a decent game of footy. Yeah, David, it's gonna, it's going to be tough for West Coast. Nick Natner, we we spoke about him last week. He could be touch and go for this one on that on that return from a knee injury. But speaking of injuries, David, um, West Coast lost two of their better players, Elliot. Uh, Yo hasn't missed a trick since their 2018 premiership. David, he's out. He'll be missing with a hamstring injury. Also, too, Dom Sheed, he's out for the season uh, with some chin-related issues. So, no Dom Sheed, no Elliot Yo for West Coast. And I think that might make it a little bit harder. Carlton will bounce back, David. They're not happy with that loss to uh, to St Kilda Friday night last week. And I think they're better players. Cripps has been superb the last couple of weeks. So, too, Sam Walsh. So Carlton for me, David, and might be a bit of a blowout. Carlton for me, five to six goals. Okay. I think it'll be a bit closer than I think. West Coast have been okay in the last few weeks. Earlier on uh, in this podcast, Lucas was talking about Jeremy Cameron's magnificent performance last week. I've got the ESPN uh, Brownlow medal predictor in front of me from ESPN. Of course, this is unofficial. But the interesting thing is that of all the players in the top 10, the only one who's not on baller is Jeremy Cameron, and he did indeed pick up three votes on the weekend in a superb performance. Um, some other players, however, uh, prominent players picked up three votes. Christian Petrarca got three, and the top two, the top three players all poll votes. Lockie Neal two, Clayton Oliver uh, two, and Andrew Brayshaw one. From Jeremy Cameron up, it's Cameron on sixteen and a half. Tuke Miller, who picked up another vote, very consistent. Who's my tip for the Brownlow? Um, he's, I still think he's a roughie. Jeremy Cameron will win Geelong's best and fairest if he stays fit, which is a superb performance. Tuke Miller, 17. Patrick Kipps, 18. He's slowed down a bit. Christian Pataka with that three vote, 19. Andrew Brayshaw from Mantle, 22 and a half. Clayton Oliver, 23 and a half. Lockie Neal, 24 and a half. Lucas was very bullish on Clayton Oliver earlier um, in this podcast. Um, I tend to think that Neil will go a fair way because there's no one from Brisbane putting pressure on him. And he's dragging a lot of the votes out. Petrarca and Oliver will take votes off each other. Um, and I still think that Miller's got a, a lot of life left in him. And Cameron's not without a chance, particularly if you can produce like any last week. That's stunning. And as I said, he's the only forward near the joint. Um, near, near you, you, you're big on Oliver, aren't you, though? Yeah, I think just that contested ball. And he can also go forward. He can kick goals, David. But as you said there, uh, Neil, he's obviously won that medal before. Um, he's added goals. He's added that string to his bow uh, so far this season. And you make a good point there. And it's one we've spoken about at length the last couple of seasons when, when it comes to teammates um, taking votes off each other, particularly in that first half. It's really a three-way battle there at Melbourne with Petrarca, Gorn and Oliver. But as you said there with Neil, not going it alone. Uh, but in terms of their midfield, McCluggage has just been in and out with injury and things like that. And um. And you've got players behind the ball, but they don't get as much recognition anymore. So you make a good point there, David, but it's going to be a ding-dong battle coming down uh, the back end of the season for the Brownlow medal, which is always a great one to watch. It is indeed. Um, before we go, have a quick look at AFL Sydney, a big cheerio to our friends in the Hunter Valley. All sorts of flood problems in and in Singleton in particular on Maitland. Our friend, I speak to Nadine McBride, our dear friend, who's the president of the Singleton Roosters. The water's up to the edge of the change rooms at Rose Point Park. Again, I've just been reading flood um, situations in places like Maitland, Singleton, Broke, Bulga, the entire Hunter Valley. If any of you don't know the Hunter Valley, um, it, there are areas there that are very flat and uh, have been carved out by the Hunter. And when they get big rain, the water just goes berserk. 
and it would be a scary place to be at the moment. I know that the, the, the New England highway to be cut going into Singleton's kind of scary, Louie, and we just wish everybody up there all the best in the whole Hunter Valley. Indeed we do, David. And speaking of AFL Hunter Central Coast, a big shout-out to a former AFL Hunter Central Coast player there and Sophie Balcom, excuse me, who played uh, last weekend, David, for AFL Queensland. North Queensland took on South Queensland there um, in a, in some representative games. So Sophie was... Uh, had the pleasure of representing South Queensland Queensland in that game. So that um, one of our supporters for a long period of time, David, as long as we've been doing this. So congratulations, Sophie. And hopefully there's some further representative uh, football for you going further down the line. Sophie Balcom's one of the best technical tacklers on a football field I've ever seen. And if you ever get a chance to watch Sophie play, not only is she a wonderful, charming, lovely human being, she's a very good footballer and tough as nails, let me tell you. And when she tackles you, you stay hit. So, Sophie, g'day from Lou and myself. Congratulations on playing representative football again for South Queensland. And just don't ever play against New South Wales. Thank you. Uh, AFL Sydney, quickly this weekend, we've got Sydney University against Manly at Sydney Uni. And, of course, these venues are um, uh, to be confirmed later on because of all the rain in Sydney. In our broadcast game, it's New South Wales Uni against George. In the, this is men's at 2 o'clock. In a western North Shore um, that's listed for Pickham. East Coast and Pennant Hills, that's at Cambridge with UTS having the rest. And in the women's, uh, UTS play Macquarie University and the University of New South Wales play Southern Power. Uh, Louis, our broadcast game will be New South Wales Uni against St George. Real opportunity for St George. It is, David. They've got uh, lead-leading goalkeeper Noah Castellini at St George at the moment. And we saw them a number of weeks ago now. And that thrilling contest uh, where Inner West ran them, de- yeah. ran them down very late uh, there. But so it'll be interesting to see uh, St. George again. We haven't seen them much this season. And two, we'll have a look at Southern Power, David, in the Premier Division, Division Women's Contest. So that's 12.20 for Premier Division Women. So we'll be on air about quarter past. And with little to no uh, changeover between the two games, David, Premier Division Men's uh, 2 p.m. there at Henson Park. So looking forward to hopefully getting down there again, which will um, be that pretty more or less be our home going forward and into finals, which we're very excited about. Absolutely. We've got our finals uh, broadcast scheduled today from our chief, Sam Zickman. Looking forward very much to getting into finals at both Henson Park and at Black Tender National Sports Park. Uh, and yeah, lot, lots, of stair, lots of stairs this Saturday at Henson Park. The big fella doesn't like stairs very much. Lucas, just before I let you go, what amazing form the English Test Cricket side have been in. They have been unbelievable. I did a podcast with my our dear friend Dan Saunders on Sundays just to talk about it. I know you love your cricket. That chase last night was utterly ridiculous. Three for 378, and they went at four and a half and over. They did. I was working, unfortunately, David, but it would have been great to see. I might have to go back and watch uh, the entirety of last night's uh, not uh, last night's uh, play at some point. But whatever Brendan McCollum's done for Johnny Bairstow, I think I read a stat, uh, D- David, that Johnny Bairstow has scored as many runs in the last sort of two or three months as Virat Coley has in the last 18. So... Whatever McCollum's done there to unlock Johnny Bairstow, he's done a superb job, Joe Root. Uh, he's, he's gone from the captaincy now with Ben Stokes taking over and it's taken a little bit of pressure off him too. He made a century in that outstanding um, win for England, David. I think it was their highest ever successful run chase in Test cricket that, that shows the form they're going, the more attacking uh, style that's um, going to win over the English public for me, David. And with Brendan McCullum at the helm, I don't think you could find much more of a likeable person uh, in world cricket at the moment. 
Oh, they're playing the way Brendan McCullum did. If they'd have played that way in the Ashes, it would have been a very interesting, it would have been a wonderful Ashes series. Just to give you an indication, everybody, how good the Poms have been. Their last four run chase, last four tests, they've chased down 277, 299, 296, and 378 and got them all at a really good clip. That that 299, the 296, I think it was. Uh, Besto went utterly berserk. They scored at six and eight. I think that no, was 299. They chased down 300 in 50 overs. And in test cricket, that's almost impossible. So, look, just a bit of a finish there in cricket, a sport we both love. And hopefully we'll get another chance to commentate it on later on this year, Lucas, uh, back up there in Newcastle, which I cannot wait to sit in the cricket commentary box for you and and I can sit there and uh, be, be cheeky and predict things going to happen and you'll sit there and think I'm an alien again. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hope, David, we have a less rain-interrupted cricket season than we did last season because it was utterly mental in the end. But let's hope we have some less rainfall. Um, a big cheerio to everybody affected by um, the, the flooding situation to our friends at Camden and at Hawkesbury uh, Football Clubs. Anybody out there in the Western suburbs has been affected and the Northwestern suburbs, the Southwestern, all over the joint, you just take care. Louis, thank you so much for your time. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday, my friend. Indeed, David. Should be a good afternoon of AFL Sydney. Can't wait. On behalf of Lucas Holmes, this is David Redden. We bid you a very good night. Enjoy your footy this weekend, both in the AFL and AFL Sydney. And remember that absolute blockbuster, as Lucas Holmes would say, Geelong and Melbourne at Cadinia Park in Geelong, 7.50 first bounce tomorrow night, Thursday the 7th of July. On behalf of Lucas, this is David. See you all later. Bye-bye.